getting into arguments at work, cancer, spousal abuse, being ridiculed for your religious beliefs. What do these things have in common? As you ponder that thought, think about all the different kinds of trials and tribulations that we encounter that often drag us down, test our faith, might cause us to renounce Jesus. What should we do? How do we respond? How do we persevere? Answers to these questions and more are just up ahead on today's Bible Questions podcast. Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Brian, and along with Jeff, we are the hosts of this program. Hello, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Jeff, and along with me today is our co-host, Brian. How are you doing, Brian? Hey, good morning, Jeff. Yeah, looking forward to uh, part two of this subject on trials and tribulations. Exactly. So as Brian indicates, this is the second of, of two parts. The previous podcast, we kind of laid a lot of groundwork that we would certainly encourage our listeners. If you haven't listened to part one, please pause, <laughs> which you can easily do. Uh, go back and listen to part one. Because what we did was basically start off by summarizing all of the different kinds of words that would fall under the umbrella of trials, tribulations, persecution, stress, uh, tests of our character, uh, a whole lot of things that are often associated with a situation and a choice that we face, you know, how we're going to respond to the situation. Sometimes it's a very unpleasant situation that we just have to power our way through with God's grace. Uh, in other cases, it's situations where we're tempted to do something we shouldn't do uh, in terms of, of sinning. And we talked a, quite a bit about all different kinds of tribulations and problems and stress that's common to mankind. We talked about those that are more unique for you know people of faith, for, for Christians. Sometimes those things come uh, in an avalanche in bunches. Uh, sometimes we bring it on ourselves, but sometimes we just have to be standing in the way or standing in the wrong place at the wrong time when the avalanche hits. And sometimes it's because of the sin of others. And sometimes it's just, you know, time and chance. Uh, and throughout all of that, we need to recognize that at least from a spiritual perspective, we talked about that those trials really are a test, uh, of our faith that they can be cause us, they can cause us to become weary. And because of that, we're often more susceptible to sin and that we can even uh, fall away. So in part one, we also talked about how we can endure trials by being spiritually strong through reading and studying and even memorizing scripture. And then, of course, practicing what it says. Um, and all that's intellectual. We also talked about the need for maintaining the right attitude through love, faith, trust, confidence uh, in God. We talked about the avenue of prayer that faithful Christians can use to cast our burdens uh, on God. Uh, we talked about the value of maintaining the long-distance view toward the goal of eternal life. And I've, we pretty much wrapped it up at the time by talking about how we can do all things through Christ in terms of uh, you know, using his sacrifice, either as an example of how uh, you know, people can endure, 
as well as learning using his example uh, to power our own sense of gratitude, love, uh, motivation. Again, to keep our eyes on the prize regardless of whatever is happening around us or whatever is happening to us, even when we don't bring it on ourselves. Uh, Brian, did you have any other thoughts about uh, part one before we uh, launch into part two today? Yeah, you know, it's I, I love the how the Bible, this is to me a great illustration of the power of the gospel, because like a lot of subjects, the Bible not only warns us about trials and tribulations, not only tells us, oh, by the way, like you said, whether it's temptations that are common to men or, you know, trial, different types of trials that we will experience, hey, the Bible warns us, be aware, this will happen. But God's Word not only tells us or warns us, but it gives us these specific tools that you just touched on, on how to endure it, how to become stronger, so on and so forth. And so I, I really love, I just think it's a wonderful example of how God has given us truly, as 2 Peter 1.3 says, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So just very powerful truths. Well, and you know, I appreciate you mentioning that because I think in contrast to people who don't have those tools and what can happen as a result, I mean, without a strong sense or a strong foundation in God's Word and love for God and and wanting to strive for His approval and for eternal life, regardless of what's going on, you know, if you don't have that, well, what do you have? Well, in some ways, not much. I mean, you have your own internal strength, perhaps. You may or may not have a spouse or friends that can lend you, you know, some degree of encouragement. But often people will, you know, crumble and succumb to all different kinds of bad results. I mean, you know, they may get angry. They may lash out. They may take justice into their own hands and say, well, I'll get even with you, buddy. Or conversely, slip into a sense of being overwhelmed, a sense of depression, even to the point of committing suicide. All kinds of, of you know, adverse ways or negative ways of responding to what admittedly can be very overwhelming circumstances. I mean, last time we talked about you know, pandemics and economic disruption and people losing their jobs and seeing loved ones suffer or die or getting sick themselves, etc. And all that, plus, if you're a faithful Christian, you know, being ridiculed at work or perhaps missing out on job opportunities or having stress within the family because you're trying to be a Christian and other family members are not, etc. So I'm, I'm kind of encouraged by all the tools, so to speak, in the toolbox that God can give us for our benefit and some of the negative consequences. If you don't want the tools, if you don't know about the tools, if you don't know how to handle the tools, uh, etc. So uh, a good analogy there, Brian. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're so fortunate to have a God that loves us and not only gave his only begotten son, right, his only son, Jesus, to die, but that he has given us this blueprint on how to have peace, how to deal with these difficulties, and as we'll start today, the Bible even teaches us that there are actually benefits of trials, 
And I'm not sure, I, or I'm sure that most are probably not shocked to hear that, right? That there are benefits of trials. I think we know this, but let's dig a little bit deeper into this. You know, when we think about one of the biggest benefits of trials, it's uh, how it allows us to become stronger. And the Bible uses this term persevere in some translations. And so when you think about perseverance, you know, being able to endure these trials, when you look at a basic definition, this one comes from just the regular dictionary, the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language. The definition of persevere for uh, in that dictionary says to persist in or remain constant to a purpose, idea, or task in the face of obstacles or discouragement. I really like that definition. Now, in the Greek, it's actually pretty simple. In the Greek, it means patient continuance. But when you think about this idea of being able to persevere, once again, you remain constant in the face of obstacles or discouragement. And so the Bible over in Romans chapter 5 talks about how tribulations produce perseverance. So beginning in verse 3, here Paul says, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character and character hope. Now, depending on what translation you use, you might have some different words there. So, you know, when he says perseverance produces character, if you have the King James Version, it says tribulation worketh patience. So now you've gone through this trial, you know what it's going to be like in the future. Therefore, how you react to it can often be the same, and so on. Uh, experience produces hope. In the Greek, that word means confidence, right? So, you know, when you think about this idea of persevering, it's such a critical attribute and a critical benefit of trials. When you think about this idea of endurance, that's another term that the Bible often uses, where we are better able, when we are able to persevere, to endure future trials. So, Jeff, could you read for us James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, where James talks about this endurance? Certainly. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And briefly, Brian, before I, I turn it back over to you, when he starts out by saying, count it all joy in these situations, to me, that just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we mentioned last time about the, the importance of having the proper attitude. And that, in my mind, just speaks directly to, you know, attitude and the way we can view things and the way we can, to some degree, sort of self-talk ourselves either into a positive outcome. You know, we will get through this. God will help us, whatever. Or self-talk ourselves into you know depression and whatever and woe is me and boy am i just suffering and i don't know what i'm going to do and etc so a lot of emotion in addition to the benefits so i'll, I'll turn it back over to you yeah you're so right and i kind of liken it in some respects in a physical way to like a callus right so if you work with your hands a lot you are aware that it, you know you will eventually develop calluses that allow you when you continue to do the same type of work to not experience like the pain of your hands getting raw and sore and all that. So physically we understand that. Well, God's teaching us here that spiritually it's the same way, right? When we endure it, we can in fact count it all joy because it makes us stronger. 
And, you know, there's a saying that you may have heard, our listeners may have heard, there is a silver lining in every black cloud. So no matter how bad things are, there's some way often that we can benefit from it. So for instance, if you go through a trial and tribulation, maybe you didn't react the appropriate way. Maybe you became angry. Maybe you sinned. Well, reflect from it. The silver lining can be that you learn from it so that you don't repeat it in the future. Or... Once again, even though you were so-called beat down, if you will, you're made stronger, and that silver lining is that next time can better endure this. In fact, even in the first century, we see that when the Christians of that age were persecuted, and it caused them to scatter, well, the black cloud part of that is they had to leave their homes. They had to flee for their lives. But the silver lining was, because they were scattered, they were able to spread the gospel. So something good came out of something bad. So anyhow, before we move on, Jeff, any other thoughts on this idea of perseverance and endurance? No, Brian, I think you covered it pretty well. Great. Go, let's go ahead and move on then to our next point. So another benefit of trials is that it allows us to serve others. So you know, ultimately, we are better able to help others when they are suffering. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Notice now here it says that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation always abounds through Christ. So, you know, a wonderful passage to help remind us that just as we ourselves are comforted by God through prayer, through the truth, through our trust and confidence in God, we in turn should help others uh, to be comforted with those same thoughts and those same biblical principles. Moving on to the next one, another benefit of trials is that we learn to be content. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And I think most of us know what this word content means, but if you were to look this up in, you know, just a normal dictionary, it means in a state of peaceful happiness. Uh, The actual Greek word here means self-complacent. So, you know, when Paul says that I have learned to be content, Even in the most dire of circumstances or situations, he was able to be peacefully happy, if you will. Uh, And, you know, when you kind of break down this verse a little bit, he says, for I have learned. So, you know, it's not something that came natural. He had to learn it. Well, who did he learn it from? Well, no doubt he learned it from the Lord, but also from trials and tribulations that he went through, from experience, from trust in the Lord and those sorts of things. And so, You know, if you know the history of Paul, when he was Saul of Tarsus, uh, he was a very intelligent, very uh, well-rounded individual, uh, certainly about the old law and many other things. But, you know, much like his conversion, Paul was willing to learn and to change and to adjust based on truths from the Lord. And so, you know, he says, I, right? He, He took ownership of it. And Jeff, if I could get you to read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You know, Paul went through a lot in his lifetime, and I think it's good just once in a while to remind ourselves of that, because in all of these circumstances just about to read, he was able to be content. So Jeff, if you would, please. Yeah, and let me comment real briefly before I do that. 
you know, in, in some cases, we, you know, encounter certain things. And in objective reality, they might not be all that big of a deal, but for some reason we fixate on them or we allow them to sort of eat at us and, you know, take our minds into anger or depression, whatever. But in terms of learning to be content in the kinds of circumstances we'll read about in a few moments, to me that uh, like a very major mental challenge that, you know, even Paul in the things we're about to read about still learn to be content. And if he can under such circumstances, so can we. So let me go ahead and read the verse or the passage here. And again, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 24. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. And like I said, Brian, that, that just blows my mind, that, that a man who you know, went through all of that could still somehow say, yes, and I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in to be content. Certainly a, a challenge to us today to also learn to be content in whatever circumstances we find. Yeah, that's a great point. And none of us will probably go through a fraction of what Paul went through. But being able to be content is very powerful because what it allowed him to do was to focus on what the Lord wanted him to do. To the point you made earlier, you know, so often things can happen in our lives and we allow it to what we say, like drag us down or discourage us. And then inevitably we might stop doing what the Lord wants us to do, or we might even go so far as to blame God for not keeping us from suffering these things, right? People can kind of get sideways about that. And Paul saw the big picture, you know, he had the perspective, he had the right attitude, and no doubt he was willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 10, Paul said, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so certainly a wonderful attitude. And, you know, one final passage uh, that we want to consider is for, along this line from Paul is over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 12, where he says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So, you know, when Paul talks about, I know how to be a base, this means I know how to be in need. And he says, I know how to abound. In other words, to have abundance uh, everywhere and in all things, right? So in all circumstances. And then he says, I've been instructed both to be full and to be hungry. So if you were to look at this Greek word full, it means, you know, just being satisfied. You know, it's much like if you physically eat and you've had enough to eat, you're, you're satisfied. Of course, hungry means famished. And so he learned whether he was hungry or full or cold or naked or whatever, to cope with it, as we've said. And so 
Um, you know, we, we can be sensitive and, and should at least be encouraged, I guess I should say, that based on all the things that Paul went through, where one day he would be in great shape, the next day he would have no food, nowhere to stay, uh, we, we just want to learn this critical lesson that we have to accept our situation and turn to the Lord for comfort. And, you know, Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 4, to this present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And, and we labor working with our own hands. He says, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have, made, we have been made as the filth of the world, the offscouring of all things until now. So once again, he just further emphasizes, you know what? We, we have difficulties, but we've learned to endure. So Jeff... You know, we see that Paul had the right attitude, and it certainly helped him to endure a lot. Well, true. And, you know, from his example, hopefully we can learn from that as well, that even though trials and tribulations and suffering, certainly, uh, we have to admit, are very uh, troublesome and trying, that, as you said earlier, there, there is a silver lining. There, there are some benefits from them. In some ways, if we can focus less on ourselves and focus more on what the trials can do for us, as you said, in terms of uh, strengthening our ability to persevere or give us empathy, you know, for helping others, uh, give us a sense of, you know, contentment, having, you know, survived through it, so to speak, or been strengthened by it, etc. Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we move on to the uh, next section? Uh, no, let's go for it. All right. So something else that uh, we think is very valuable to keep in mind in these kinds of trying times is what we might call the importance of having the right perspective or, or keeping a perspective, uh, having a you know proper view of the world and our lives and reality, etc. So one way that we can have that is if we pause to think like with Paul, of the other people that are revealed to us through the scriptures and the examples we have of faithful men and women. And the and often, like with Paul, the very, very severe trials that they were subject to and they were able to overcome. And as we said, often by comparison, our trials, as we said, often are uh, significantly uh, less than what they went through. And perhaps that can also, you know, give us a sense of perspective. Like, you know, silly little example, you know, a splinter in my finger is not like Joe next to me who just had his hand cut off, etc. Uh, for instance, uh, obviously the book of Job, you know, gives us insight into someone who suffered extremely uh, in terms of economically, in terms of emotionally, with the loss of his family, his, his children, uh, emotionally with the loss of his wife, physically with the loss of his health, and, and still managed to, you know, for the most part, you know, endure, not, you know, not give up his faith, or as his wife suggested, you know, curse God and die. Another passage I'm reminded of is in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, where you have a, the whole chapter is devoted to faithful people who, you know, live their lives, you know, people like us, you know, who live their lives and in some cases endured pretty severe hardship. 
uh, beginning roughly around verse 35. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. Another verse, Brian, and if you'd like to go ahead and read it, continuing on at the beginning of the next chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, if you would, please. Uh, yes, uh, here it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Uh, thank you, Brian. Yeah, anything you want to comment on that? Yeah, it's, I love this verse because it, it also, much like Paul, right, it shows us that Jesus, who went through just terrible persecutions and, of course, was scourged and hung on a cross and so forth, he was obedient, and even when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So just a wonderful example, not just by Jesus and Paul, right? But as it says, the, the great cloud of witnesses. So all those that you talked about in Hebrews 11 that went through these terrible things because of their love for the Lord. And so a very good example for us. Yep. Now, returning momentarily to Paul, there's another passage that I think gives us a little bit of additional insight not only to what Paul went through, but also what, hopefully by example, we can go through as well and, and persevere. And I'm thinking of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 8 and kind of uh, finally concluding with verse 18. And I'm going to skip a, a middle section there. He writes, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And again, like we said earlier in him learning to be content in whatever state he's in, for him to describe all these things and call them a light affliction for a moment. Again, kind of points out if you have the right perspective of things, it can certainly help get you through them. Uh, the other thing I just might mention in terms of uh, maintaining perspective is if we pause for a moment, and of course this depends on where you live, and look at the kinds of persecution that are go that's going on, 
you know, around the world. Like, for instance, you know, we here in the United States, you know, the only sort of, you know, persecution we might get is a little bit of, uh, you know, ridicule or name calling, etc. However, depending on where you live, you know, there can certainly be very heavy handed governments or, you know, communist regimes that are you know, actively persecuting Christians, uh, countries that are dominated by militant Hindus or militant Muslims, where people are actually being truly persecuted, being fired from their jobs, threatened, having their property confiscated, their church buildings are being burned, they're being put in prison, they're being tortured, they're being killed. And that's reality today, not necessarily here in the United States, but in some places around the world. Uh, at least according to a 2021 article I found in Christianity Today, there's an estimated 340 million, 340 million people who profess some kind of belief in Christ, you know, under the broad canopy of Christianity, that are living in roughly 70 plus nations that either have very high or extreme levels of censorship and persecution, 340 million. Now, most of those countries, uh, 70 plus, are either a, a dominant or have a dominant Islamic culture uh, or governed by communism, like China, North Korea, Cuba, or what we might call religious nationalism, uh, which is pretty dominant in India. You know, the government's pushing the religion of Hinduism. And so, again, trying to maintain proper perspective. It could be bad elsewhere. <laughs> Brian, any thoughts before I move to the next point? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing up, uh, you know, like in our modern times, right? Because sometimes we read the Bible and we say, okay, well, that we get that. It was a very difficult time in the first century. But as you just pointed out, this is ongoing, right? And there's nothing new under the sun in the sense that there will always be people, there will always be governments, those who belong to other religions who will not accept what the Bible teaches and take it so far as to persecute those who believe. And so we always want to make application to our modern times today. And so hopefully the, you know, our listeners are making that connection. But yeah, appreciate you bringing up those points. Yep. Thank you, Brian. And, and the final point I'll make in terms of trying to maintain proper perspective is the fact that we're on this world for a limited amount of time relatively short and that really the ultimate goal we should have in this life is eternal life and that endure through this life to achieve that goal uh, certainly paul had that attitude second timothy chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 where he says i have fought the good fight i've finished the race i've kept the faith finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day now watch it. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Likewise, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And finally, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom not having seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, 
you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yeah, I think it's, uh, if I remember right, over uh, Hebrews chapter 11, where it talks about we're basically strangers and pilgrims, you know, sojourners, you know, going through this life on our way to another ultimate final future destination, of course, that being heaven. Uh, Brian, any other thoughts before we uh, close out this section and move forward with uh, uh, previously submitted questions? You know, I really like this passage in 1 Peter chapter 1 because it talks about, you know, the fact, as we've been saying, and as the Bible says in many places, that Christians will suffer persecution. But as you covered in this section, it's really about keeping perspective and keeping our eye like Paul did on eternal life, on the bigger goal. And this part here in verse 7 where it says, you know, the genuineness of our faith, which is more precious than gold, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So God is watching. God is seeing how we respond to these persecutions and difficulties and trials. And when we endure them, and when we respond as the scriptures teach us to respond, it praises and honors and brings glory to God and to Jesus. And ultimately, when he's revealed right in the last day during judgment, uh, we will be rewarded for that endurance. So very encouraging passages. Thank you, Brian. And so this kind of wraps up all the various main points that we're trying to make in, in today's podcast. And now, as we often like to do, uh, we would like to highlight some questions that have been submitted to the website. And certainly, uh, we would encourage our listeners to do the same if they want to. If you go to the uh, homepage at BibleQuestions.org, there's an Ask a Question uh, menu item where you can uh, submit a question to us, and we'll try to get you an answer back within a few days. So here's one, Brian, from Tina, and she writes in, I've been going through a real bad tribulation period in my life for over 10 years now. I have to combat Satan every day. One day when I was overcome with mental pain, I thought to myself, I'd rather be with Jesus so this would be over and done with. I feel bad that I thought that a couple of times. What should I do? Yeah, it's a good example of where if you suffer enough, Sometimes you just want to give up, and you know, if, unless I'm misunderstanding her here, I think she's saying I've thought about taking my own life, right? That, yeah, that was that, I kind of got that uh, reading between the lines as well. And certainly that can happen, right? Whenever we suffer, especially if it's like one on top of the other, and there never seems to be any relief, uh, suicide is something that people unfortunately turn to uh, in their minds as a solution when when it's actually. A terrible solution, right? Because God gives us the tools, as we've been talking about all along, to deal with these trials and tribulations. And also, He gives us that assurance that He cares for us. And so, you know, God has given us the blessing of being able to go to Him in prayer when we are facing difficulties. Uh, in Philippians 4 6, we are told, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, if we are righteous, 
And, you know, if you define that word based on how the Bible defines righteousness, it means that, you know, we're practicing and living according to God's word. Then he will hear our prayers. In fact, 1 Peter 3.12 tells us that. He says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, you know, we've been given this wonderful blessing because of the death of Jesus on the cross, and because that because Jesus is our mediator, we now have the privilege as spiritual priests of praying through Jesus to God. And so that's why Paul could say and tell the church at Philippi that we therefore should be anxious for nothing because we have this wonderful avenue in which we can reach out to God and pour out our hearts along with giving him thanksgiving for being there for us, if you will. Uh, And it should bring that peace as we just read about. And so you know, the Bible, as we touched on earlier, you know, when we talked about encouraging and helping one another, uh, also teaches us to pray for one another. So, you know, we can help those and go to God on their behalf to advocate, if you will, for them. James 5.16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, uh, I would also just say finally for Tina that, you know, when we are struggling with inappropriate thoughts or other fleshly lusts, we should fill our mind with God's word and his principles to combat these thoughts. In fact, Galatians 5.16 tells us that if we walk in the spirit, which means according to the revealed word that the spirit gave to us, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And so, you know, that's a that's a pretty powerful promise, right? That if we walk according to God's word and we're allowing the spirit to dwell within us through God's word and through those principles, then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? We're able to combat those things. In fact, Paul we read Philippians 4:6 earlier in verse 8, he talks about that in addition to praying and in addition to letting the Spirit fill our lives, if you will, that we should be thinking about things that are pure and lovely and of good report and meditating on these things. So that's the other thing is continually bring yourself back to God's Word. Think about His principles. Think about what He's saying. Think about what He teaches us to do. And so anyhow, I really hope for Tina or any others who at times are frustrated and maybe so frustrated that you might even be able to be considering uh, taking your own life Just hope that you'll focus on serving the Lord according to his will and really trust that he hears you, that he cares for you, and that he's willing to help you. Yeah, good points all around, Brian. And I think in some cases, as we said earlier, we get sort of wrapped around the axle, so to speak, with our own little minor trials and things. But once in a while with some people, yeah, it is a major, major catastrophic and in Tina's case, ongoing, year after year, long, hard slog. And yet, as we've tried to point out in this podcast, you know, God wants us to be victorious. God wants us to overcome. God wants us to, you know, use these kinds of things to, you know, build up our character, to set good examples for others, you know, to persevere, to, you know, keep on keeping on, uh, so to speak. And, you know, it's under those kinds of circumstances where, as Brian says, you got to reach back into the, uh, so to speak, the biblical toolbox 
and start grabbing every tool you can get to uh, to persevere. All right, Brian, you got one for me? Yeah, this question comes to us from Lucy, and she says, Why does God allow Satan to put temptations in our path, knowing that God knows how we'll handle those temptations before they even happen to us? Interesting question. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And, you know, Brian, we do get a lot of why questions, you know, submitted to the website. And, you know, to be very honest, sometimes the Bible does give an answer, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, yeah, we might be able to look at, you know, general principles or, or more general statements to kind of infer what the answer is. But, you know, bottom line is we, in a lot of cases, we don't know. And so sometimes we just have to confess we don't know that despite the lack of knowledge, perhaps often into God and his reasoning for certain things, just say, you know, I don't know, but I still am going to have faith and trust and, and confidence in him. And this is kind of one of those situations. Now, let's kind of start off by a little bit of a level set. You know, some people, when bad times, bad things happen, you know, especially the loss of a loved one, they immediately want to turn around and blame God. Now, that blaming often will take uh, two different uh, forms, if you will, that, that I'm thinking of. One that says, you know, well, why did God do that? You know, God had no right, you know, etc. Or they may say, well, God took them. Or, you know, God must have, you know, had some reason for, you know, taking my loved one. And when you kind of boil it all down in both cases, you know, you don't know that. And in a lot of cases, it's not God. As we kind of mentioned earlier, the wide variety of sources, problems in this world. You know, sometimes it's time and chance, sometimes it's our own sin, sometimes it's the sin of others. Sometimes we're just in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Now, certainly, you know, God as a supreme being has the right to establish what's right and wrong and the things that we should do and the things that we shouldn't do. And based on those rules or commandments, if you will, Sometimes we do suffer trying to obey them. Sometimes we suffer persecution from trying to obey them. But recognizing those things are for our own good, uh, even though they can be a source of temptation or, or persecution. But I'm reminded, Brian, of James chapter 1, verses roughly 12 through 15. Do you want to go ahead and read that for our listeners? Uh, sure. Here it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when, sin, or when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So, you know, in an ultimate sense, you know, we cannot blame God for things like temptation. That, as Lucy properly points out, you know, ultimately, you know, Satan is the ultimate source of temptation. You know, starting back in the Garden of Eden and plying his trade, so to speak, through, you know, intermediaries and wicked people, you know, through the millennia. Uh, but God does allow that. You know, not that God is the source, but God, God does allow Satan to do that. And that, 
in addition to allowing Satan, he also allows man to have free will or freedom of choice. And so in situations like that, we see that, you know, God created us with a freedom of choice. God does allow Satan to tempt us. God allows us to get into, you know, various, you know, situations where our character is, uh, you know, put to the test. Now, certainly we can see that in the past, God allowed Satan to put temptations, you know, in, into play, so to speak, as we said, Garden of Eden, uh, with the subsequent knowledge of evil and sin and separation from God and physical suffering, etc. We also see how God allowed that, those kinds of things to occur, likewise, through Job, we mentioned earlier. Uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Uh, and certainly, we see God allowing these things today to happen in an indirect sense. You know, certainly temptations and persecutions, uh, with a lot of them being you know, coming from Satan, uh, indirectly, or at least the things that Satan would want us to enjoy, sin. Uh, and certainly we see various, you know, sectors of our uh, life like Hollywood or the porn industry or even the fashion industry, state-sponsored gambling, I mean, you name it, along with persecution by worldly people. And so, you know, certainly we see this occurring. But as we pointed out and, and tried to point out consistently throughout the podcast, you know, these temptations and trials, you know, God knows what we're going to do. Of course, he's omniscient, but we still have to go through the process that these temptations and trials are opportunities to strengthen us. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, discern both good and evil. And finally, James 1, which we previously read, uh, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So, yes, indeed, God does know how we will handle the temptations, whether we'll be good at handling them or whether we'll fall before they happen. But we still have to go through the process. We still have to experience it. We still have to learn. We still have to do the spiritual exercising, if you will, that you know, often we say in a physical sense, we go to the gym, no pain, no gain. You still got to go through the process to build up those spiritual muscles to endure. Brian, uh, any other thoughts you'd like to add? Yeah, certainly good thoughts. We definitely need to go through those to to be strengthened. And as you were going through this, one other passage that popped into my mind was, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? Where it says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So even though God allows these temptations to occur, as, and as you touched on, it's for our benefit, it also is comforting to know that God has limited those temptations in the way that it will never, we will never be tempted beyond. Like we won't be forced to sin, right? Like there's nothing I can do. I, I can't resist this. I must sin. No, God always will give us a way of escape. And so... Once we develop that endurance, we find that way of escape, and we take advantage of this great promise that God has given us. Yep, all, all good points. And, you know, as we kind of bring our podcast to a close, hopefully our listeners now have a, a better appreciation 
for the various, as I said earlier, the tools in the spiritual toolbox that we can draw upon when the going gets tough. And in a lot of cases, it gets tough. It gets real tough. Sometimes it's a one-time event. Sometimes it's an ongoing, multi-day, multi-year confrontation that we have with temptation or trials or persecution. But as we've heard today, through the scriptures, through faith in God, through fellow Christians, through prayer, through a number of other techniques, you know, we, we can endure, we can survive. And at least, in, as we said with Paul's example, we can thrive, we can have joy, we can have contentment in spite of the kinds of things we're experiencing. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, there, the Bible has so much to say about this. And, you know, we on our website at biblequestions.org have several other articles and previous questions that we've answered on this subject that we'll point our listeners to. So if you go to biblequestions.org, you look under the topics menu, and if you go down to the alphabetical index and choose S, we have uh, articles and questions related to suffering, P for prayer, A for apostasy, which you might remember in the first episode we talked about, you know, even those who are saved, right, or who are Christians can succumb to these trials and temptations. So that that would be called apostasy, right, if you fall away. And so Z for zeal is another one. So I would encourage our listeners to take a look at those articles. As Jeff touched on earlier, uh, if you look in those sections and you look at the questions that were submitted and the answers that were given, if you still have questions beyond that, feel free to click on that Ask a Question button on our main homepage. Submit a question to us. Uh, Jeff will distribute it to one of the men who answer our questions, and we will get back to you within a day or two with uh, answers, scripture-filled answers from God's Word. So thank you for listening, and we encourage you to take to heart these principles from God's Word and apply them to your life. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website at biblequestions.org, where you can find over a thousand scripture-filled articles on a wide variety of Bible topics, along with about two dozen free Bible study lessons and other Bible study aids. Plus, you can submit a Bible question to us to get a personal response within a couple of days. Check it all out at biblequestions.org.